3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
4: Amal, what happened to the good old days of Dan Hawkins screaming at his <laughs> press conference? It's the Big 12. <laughs> That's when football was pure. As we welcome you back here, of course, Sharp Money, VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. We're going to bring in a friend and a colleague and really one of the talented guys doing this, Chris Plank. Big 12 Radio on SiriusXM. Also, Mad Dog Sports Radio does a great job there. Sooners Radio Network Sideline Reporter. Also, 9 to 11 on ninety-four seven, The Red in Oklahoma. That's Norman, Oklahoma City. Tulsi is all over the place. And we say hi to Chris straight from the lawnmower. Hi, Chris. And we'll start here because I know you've been all over it. You were hosting this morning on Mad Dog Sports Radio as Brett McMurphy and Staples and all the college reports We're talking about realignment now, of course you cover Oklahoma. You're right there. You're going to be headed to the sec, but what's your take today as the Jenga pieces continue to fall across college football in the landscape,
5: everything, Patrick, I thought I knew going into this alignment, uh, realignment saga. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Every source that I had talked to through this process told me, yeah, there is no way that Washington and Oregon will end up in the big 10 during this cycle. I'm not kidding, man, every single person. So to see that happen and to see the way that it, that it played out is really shocking. You know, there's a part of me that gets nostalgic every now and then about the pac 12, because, you know, I grew up a UCLA fan. That was my team. I'm a little bit older and I can remember watching, you know, the Corey pauses and the Gaston greens. And I love those basketball teams with Tracy Murray and Don McClain but to think that they're playing in the big 10, you know, to think that USC is now in the big 10 with Washington and Oregon and Arizona is in the big 12 and maybe Arizona state and Utah. I mean, I just, it's very confusing how we got to this point, but chase the money. And at some point, I think the big 10, I, I mean, I, I may be, I've been off on everything on this, so I could be off here too. So you guys feel free to crush any take. I have Emil or, or Patrick, but I, uh, um, I, I don't know, man. I guess they panicked because they thought the SEC might go get Florida state mm-hmm. and 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 bulk up on Clemson. And they thought we've got to, we've got to continue to have our place. Maybe they wanted to make sure they had those TV windows. Maybe they saw the Apple TV plus at the PAC 12 and said, Hey, Apple TV, you don't have to spend your money there. We'll add these teams and give you better matchups week in a week out. I don't know, but uh, I'm going to tell you something. The people that I trust in realignment that have talked to me, uh, they were shocked as how this played out over the last 48 hours as well.
6: When you look Chris, when you look at college football, Oklahoma now, going into the SEC, they bring in Venables. I love the hire because he's a defensive guy, and people forget how much success he had at Oklahoma before he went to Clemson. This program, where do they have to get better this year as they get geared up to go towards the SEC next year? What do you like about this team, and what is one of the areas where they got to get better?
5: I'm all, I appreciate that you guys have this countdown clock. So I don't talk for the next eight minutes and 32 <laughs> seconds about my beloved Sooners. So thank you for asking. And I'll try to be as brief as possible. Um, you hit it on the head. They've got a defensive pedigree, but it sure as heck didn't look like they knew what they were supposed to be doing defensively last year. The numbers were staggering with how bad they were. So I, um, Maybe this is a little bit Homeristic, but th- the schedule is as is as nice as it could be to Oklahoma, especially when you consider uh, Patrick, I don't know if you guys know this, but Georgia is supposed to be on the schedule this year. Yep. And with them going to the sec, they replaced Georgia with SMU. So we'll take that in week two from a potential dub perspective. But if they're just a little bit better defensively, just a little bit better, um, I think they can see themselves playing in Arlington because we know they can score points. Um, if they protect the football, eliminate the penalties, they're a little better on the offensive line, a lot of new skill players. And, you know, we'll see how much Dylan Gabriel has improved. I mean, Patrick, I think the last time that I talked to you was right before the red river showdown last year, Correct. I, that, that didn't go so well for Oklahoma, whenever <laughs> Dylan Gabriel didn't play. So they need him to stay healthy. Everyone's in love with the freshman that's coming in and Jackson Arnold, the quarterback, the five-star, but give him time you know, I'm all the, the easiest answer is just a little bit better defensively. And I think they've got a chance to play for the big 12 championship.
4: You mentioned the 49, nothing beatdown in Dallas. Oh, I've got your Oklahoma Sooners, Chris. I think you got an, I think you have a really good opportunity to be five and zero headed to Dallas. Like if you take a look at this guy, look, if everything comes together, like you said, and last year was interesting because they were 0 and five in one score games, as you know, injury problems all over the place. What's fascinating right. about Venable's is actually offensively they were really good. It says he couldn't stop the run, yeah. they couldn't do anything defensively. Five and zero going to Dallas. I think that's an. I think that's a possibility.
5: Well, I, I would I would go ahead and add to this just from kind of the way the fans are looking at it right now, Patrick. And you know that my nine to eleven show, nine to noon now every day on 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 the ref. It's all college football. It's all Oklahoma. It's all SEC and Big Twelve. And I can tell you this: if they're not five and zero going into the Red River Showdown people are going to be really angry. So <laughs> hmm. it's, it shows you how expectations go from, I hope we're a little bit better to look at this schedule. If we're not five and zero, oh, we suck. And I'll tell you what, I think the big 12 is the conference of competition this year. I don't, everyone's putting Texas as the favorite. I buy it with that talent. They should be, but it is as wide open from about two to seven or eight as we've seen in a long time.
6: Chris, I completely agree with you. When I look at Texas, yes, on paper, they theoretically should be the best team, but I don't think the Sooners are that far away. Uh, I know Dustin and I are huge fans of Dylan Gabriel. I love his mobility. Drake Stoops back for a sixth year. A couple things for you. Um, in terms of running back, you, you for you, are you a Javante Barnes guy? I like Gavin Sawcheck a lot. I think he's going nice. to be an absolute dude. And Drake Stoops, can somebody please explain to me why the uh-huh. hell this guy doesn't get 10 targets a game? Because all he does is catch the ball for nine and a half yards on every play
5: every play. And he's always open. Yeah, he exactly. always catches the ball. So I think you're going to see him just because of the lack of experience that Oklahoma has at the receiver position, you know, Drake Stoops and Jill Farouk are the only returning wide receivers who have done much of anything for Oklahoma. There's promise, right? There's, you know, a lot of buzz is, is building around Nick Anderson. Uh, a lot of buzz is building around uh, Gibson, Jane Gibson, the the, the two sophomores that are returning a uh, true freshman and, and Jacquez Pedway is getting a lot of run, but at the core of it, you've got to do it in Drake stoops. That just makes plays. So they've got another guy that if, if they stood next to each other, you think they were the same person. And uh, Gavin Freeman at that wide receiver spot that plays at, same position as Drake Stoops does. So I think you'll see the sophomore factor in just a bit, but yeah, you know, I love Javante Barnes at the running back position. I think he's got a chance to be a good number one. They're big on this. Caleb Hicks freshman that's coming in, but that's not to take anything away from a home run threat. Like uh, Gavin Sawchuk is it's a weird year because there isn't really a lot of returning experience anywhere at the skill position for Oklahoma. And I think that's what makes this so fascinating because it's not dudes that have produced, but it's dudes whose ceiling appear to be pretty limitless as far as what they can accomplish at those positions.
4: Well, Chris I'm all the market believes Oklahoma is going to improve big time. Their win total set at nine and a half over at DraftKings. We'll get a prediction from Chris in a second on that. I want to ask you a question. And by the way, their second, your second betting favorite in conference at plus three forty to win it. That is Texas at even money. And Texas, uh, Sarkeesian's a joke. Let's—they always have talent. <laughs> always under—they never meet their expectations. That's before Sarkeesian as well. Let's go to Venables. How did he handle the losing season? Let's the overall personality. Give me a, a feel for him. For him,
5: I, I think, I think Brent Venables is one of the coolest dudes I've ever covered. Um, he described himself as a cactus the other day. But in other words, he's just, I'm a low maintenance guy. Let me coach football, you know, little, <laughs> little water, a lot of sun. But I think he learned in this last year that there are a lot of people that need you and your time more than just this football team. That sounds crazy for a coach, but that's college coaching right? Get to a point where you've got your facility and you're in the sec and you're winning games. Then those donor responsibilities and those media responsibilities are a little bit fewer and further between, but they're still there. They're always going to be there for a head coach. So I think that was a big adjustment for Brent Venables last year. I think, you know, what? he, I think he still called the defense. All right. I, I Ted roof was their offensive coordinator, but I think Brent Venables still called it. And I think he's learning to trust his assistants and listen even more. Not that he didn't, but just as a head coach to listen and learn a little bit more and just overall improvement. Like the foundation side of this, it's really impressive, man. And I'm not just saying that as an OU Homer, as someone that, you know, lives, you know, five miles from the university. They're building the foundation of, you know, a holistic approach. Moms and dads are gonna love this whenever they come here. And oh, by the way, after initially shunning NIL. Bro, they have gone all in. And they're as competitive at NIL uh, with anyone else in the country. So I think he's learned that not everyone operates like he does. And I think he's learned to be a little bit more sensitive to that and empowers his assistants a little bit more. I'm, I'm really excited to see how he grows in year two.
6: Patrick, I love your question. I love Chris's response. I was told by somebody, because I asked somebody about seven, eight years ago, why is Venables not a head coach? They said he didn't interview well, but everything else across the board is off the charts. Yeah. And, you know, look, nobody in Clemson will admit this. The reason they have two national titles is because Dabo Sweeney hired him in 2012. If he was still in Norman, I'm telling you right now, there's a new head coach in Clemson at this point in time. That's how much I think of Venables yeah. and the job he's going to do here with this team defensively. They just need to kind of get on track here. You look at them. They've got some pieces. there. Stutzman's a great linebacker to start with. Can Dylan Gabriel stay healthy and can they get this offense going? I'm with Chris and I I know Chris covers OU, but but I'm telling you, Patrick, they're always tough at home. They have, they have talent. They got seven starters back on defense. I I think they're going to be right there. Do they get to, you see
4: the clock, Chris, do they get to 10 wins?
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy, with this schedule, they should, they better. I, I liked what you said about Dylan Gabriel. You know, he's got to improve in his accuracy and his footwork and his touch. His receivers have got to help and a lot of drop passes last year, uh, minimize the penalties. And uh, let me give you a name defensively, get to know him. Where's number seven, Jaron Canick? I think he's the guy next to Danny Stutzman at that linebacker position can be really special for Oklahoma was a Clemson commit, wasn't Brent Venables. Like, don't come here. Stay going to Clemson. Canick's like, Nope, I'm coming. And now he's got a chance to be a starting linebacker. I Chris, think they can hit that over.
6: Chris, Deshaun McCullough is going to have a monster year. Start. 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 <laughs> you guys should do an Oklahoma
4: show
5: together. Hey, is the Colonel the still best. there? Is the what? Is the Colonel still there? Oh, now he left. He left. He's okay. not there anymore, but he's still a legend. At Plank
4: Show on Twitter for everything. Enjoy the vacation with the family. We're coming back with more Big 12 Talk. is
3: sharp money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on Vsin the Sports
2: Betting Network.
4: Okay, tormented by the transfer portal, coaching carousel got you confused? Let our 2023 Vsin College Football Guide get you ready for the upcoming season. This year college this year's college football preview magazine includes Season win total picks for all previews, excuse me, previews for all 133 FBS teams, plus win total picks for all of them as well. Feature articles on how to create your own. This is important. Your own power ratings done by Adam Burke. So you want to get your numbers. Also, home field advantage, how to calculate it, and who to bet on for the Heisman. Get Matt Eumann's preseason top 25, Steve Mackin's top betting systems, and what you need to know to be ready for kickoff. The College Football Betting guide is out now. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You know what I love? And thank you to Chris Plank for joining us as we welcome you back. We're all over the map. We're going to continue with the big 12 here. And then we're going to get to Jake. Butt, of course, really good tight end Michigan back in the day. What I love about Jake, Butt, who's going to join us from the big 10 network is when Alice Island does you dirty, you embrace it because you got hit with the last name, Butt. Literally B-U-T-T. You know what his Twitter handle is? J Booty 88. So he took the he, Ellis Island did him dirty, but he took it and he turned it into a strength. And he said, all right, my identity on social media, because my last name's butt, is going to be Jay Booty. I like that. Turn a negative into a positive, big guy, because it's not necessarily a win for everybody when your last name's Butt.
7: Yeah, look, I speak from experience because there's nothing I can do for, with Sweetelson. I'm just kind of stuck here, so I'm envious that he can at least have fun with his last name. I'm just stuck <laughs> with this for the rest of my life, unfortunately.
4: So we're gonna hear from not only Jake Butt coming up here on Sharp Money, but also we've got Nick Saban after practice. Nick Saban has entered the grandma salmon part of his career. And what I mean by that, Dustin knows exactly what I'm talking about. My grandma got so old; She was still driving a car. She would back out of her driveway without looking. And when you get old enough, you just throw caution to the wind. Everybody else is on your terms, including other drivers. And the rest of your experience, once you get into your late eighties and nineties is a Yolo situation. Nick Saban for a coach in college football is by dog years. He's in his nineties. And so he's reached that point where he doesn't care about what he says. He doesn't care about who he offends. He doesn't care about anything. He's always cantankerous. He's always in a bitter mood, and we've got some sound from him coming up. I put together my tier list for the Big 12, so I'll be curious to hear, and please pick it apart, them all, if you want to. Now, I have to. I don't want to. I have to put Texas in the first tier along with Oklahoma. But I will say this about Texas. Preseason expectations, and it's not just Sarkeesian. But preseason expectations have been their year, and we constantly are hearing about the recruiting classes for Texas. (laughs) On paper, Sarkeesian has the pieces to push for the college football playoff in the Final Four. We hear it about Texas every freaking year, and it just never happens. However, I put them along with Oklahoma in Tier 1. Tier 2, I've got Kansas State, Texas Tech, TCU, who put together a historic run last year. Uh, those, uh, Those would be... Yeah, you know, I think the three tech TCU, K state tier three this year, Oklahoma state, Baylor and Kansas. And then in tier four, just because they're the four newcomers, I got UCF, Houston, BYU and Cincinnati. Like you can pick it apart. Honestly, I won't get offended. What would you switch up there?
6: I really wouldn't switch up much. As I was telling you in the commercial break, look, Kansas State's not a team I bet on or bet against. I can never get them right or wrong. You know, we mentioned uh, during the commercial we were talking, Will Howard's back. I think he gives them a great – just a calming effect at the quarterback position. He's not a guy that's going to, you know, wow you like a Caleb Williams or someone like that. He's just a steady. He's solid. He's, solid. he's very that's, good. It's exactly right. Treshawn Ward transfers in from Florida State. I like him a lot. Uh, I think this team could be dangerous because Kleiman's teams play to their strength. They don't get out of character in terms of what they're going to do. But I got to tell you, Patrick, this has been... I, we mentioned it earlier, you and I are both Big Ten homers, but this was probably for a long time, for almost two decades, my favorite league to bet on. Covered the league for 10 years, and you you knew what you were getting. Oklahoma and Texas were generally the two best teams. K-State would step up year from uh, different years. But right now, I tend to agree with you. I would actually maybe squeeze Kansas State into that um, possibility of winning this top league. Tier? Well, yeah, top tier, um, because to me right now, you said Texas, Oklahoma, and I did you. I forgot one other team. I think you had in the top tier. No, oh, no, oh, but just, just had two. Texas
4: and Oklahoma. Yep. And if you look at the market, Texas is even money to win the conference. Oklahoma th- plus three forty. Kansas State's five to one, and then the chasm, and then the drop off. Texas Tech twelve to one. So you're right. I probably should go ahead and elevate Kansas State to that tier one.
6: But I'm going to tell you, you can make the argument that these teams are one injury and one game away from all being in the same tier. And as good as Texas is Fair. potentially offensively, Worthy's got to be more consistent. He's got a chance to be an All-American type of receiver, but he's got to be more consistent. That's the one thing I look at when I look at the Longhorns and I have a concern there. I think Quinn Ewer's going to absolutely have a monster year if he can stay healthy. I thought he was if he plays that game against Bama, he doesn't get hurt. I think they win that football game. Um, I think they got a great shot in Tuscaloosa and 7 in the second weekend of September. But right now, I think it's hard to take a team to win this league, and I don't think it's a slam dunk. I think you can look at Joey McGuire's team at 12 to 1. I don't like TCU this year, but Kansas State at 5 to 1 seems intriguing to me. God, I, I'm Monday morning quarterbacking this on Oklahoma. I have to take a wait-and-see approach with the Sooners. I know we talked them up with Chris a minute ago. I think the Sooners could be dangerous and could be good. Seven starters back on defense. And the kid, Deshaun McCullough, that I was talking about, he's going to be an absolute monster. Transferred in from Indiana. Was going to commit to Ohio State. Went to Indiana because his dad was coaching there. This team could be pretty good. But Texas has got to stay healthy, and they've got to cut down – Every year you see with Texas a game that they should not lose, they end up losing. And if he can avoid that, then they've got an opportunity. But I don't see a team coming from the college football playoff this year, guys, from the Big 12. I would bet the no on any team from the Big 12 to make the college football playoff confidently.
4: Dustin, I want to get your take. I'll start Texas. Quinn Ewers with that dirty delivery, but he's very talented. I think you mentioned Xavier Worthy. He's a stud. Jatavion Sanders, the tight end. And here's the important part for Ewers all five starters return across that t- offensive front. And then you turn around, you get six starters back on defense, a team that is loaded. It, it, it's on paper, Dustin, and I caution, they're even money to win their conference. On paper, Texas.
7: Yeah, so I think what's unique about this league, the Big 12 as a whole, is Texas and Oklahoma at the top of your tiers, and rightfully so. The rest of the league is a lot of really good coaches and unique to other leagues, even more so than the Big 10 with Ohio State and Michigan on top. I think everyone in this league, all they care about is knocking off Oklahoma and Texas every year. They get up for those games every single year. And for Texas and Oklahoma to play spotless football against everyone in this league with such good coaches, like I, as a better, obviously Lance Leopold became a guy everyone loved betting on yeah. a year ago. Right? I love betting on Chris Kleiman. He's a guy who can do more with less. He's proving that at Kansas State. Uh, I like betting on Sonny Dykes. And I love betting on Joey McGuire. I'm really high on Texas Tech. I just think the margins are so slim for Texas and Oklahoma at the top. And they're always getting the best of these coaches that are up and coming at these programs that are always looking up to those two up top for one last year in the Big 12. I think that plays a role here and why it's so hard to bet on Texas to go into the college football playoff because they're going to get hit with a loss at some point versus a team that's way less talented than they are.
6: I want to go back to one thing that Patrick brought up, Jatavion Sanders at Texas. This guy, Bowers is the best tight end in college football. It's not even close. But
4: But he's so good, dude.
6: Sanders might be the best athlete playing on the offensive side of the ball in college football, not of Texas, in college football. This guy is your first-team all-airport team. This guy is unbelievable. He walks off that plane, you're like, dude, we got to play this guy. We're in trouble. They've got some talent there, guys, but can they find it consistently? Look, TCU offensively loses a lot. This is the problem with the league here. You're going to play a game, and TCU's had Texas a number for the last decade. They've really dominated that series. You You may go to McLean Stadium. You might wind up with a loss. And I thought Dustin brought up a great point, Patrick, which is, Oklahoma and Texas, because they are going to the league, and and I understand everybody in the league thinks they're more important than they are. This is like college basketball in the Pac-12. It is UCLA and Arizona and everybody else, and that's what this league is from a football standpoint. But there's going to be some games where if these guys aren't
4: careful, they're going to get picked off, both teams. I I had to put TCU in Tier 2 because last year was beyond special. Books will be written. I don't see it this year. That was a respect ranking. Okay. I put them there. Yeah. I, I'm going to throw a team at you as I dug into them a little bit more this morning, Texas tech. Yes, I'm not yes, saying they could yes. be last year's TCU team, but Texas tech who finished the year on a four game win streak. And that coach is a hell of a coach. Dustin. I, I like this squad this year.
7: Uh, it's a team I've always bet on through the years as a guy who was a big Mike Leach guy, rest in peace to the pirate. Uh, Texas tech is a program they found their guy in Joey McGuire. He's got high school experience. He's he's more creative than some other guys around the country. I love the hire, and I think down the stretch was the key for them. They beat Kansas. They won at Iowa State. Then they beat Oklahoma, and then Ole Miss in the bowl game. As the season went on, This team figured out their coach. He figured out what he had. And I haven't looked at how they did in the transfer portal, but I have to imagine they got some diamonds in the rough going to Lubbock in the offseason.
6: They didn't bring in a ton of guys, but he's absolutely right. You know, Maguire's ties to high school football in Texas is huge. And then what this team was able to accomplish down the stretch, I'm telling you, I know it's a bowl game and maybe Ole Miss wasn't up for it, but to beat them in fairly dominant fashion, to beat Oklahoma down the stretch, all these things matter as you get further and further towards their start of the season, Uh,
4: Texas Tech. Watch out for them. Not a bad long shot. Legitimately fun conference. Too bad it's going away. <laughs> Seriously. No, they're going to be, be No more. It's unbelievable. Jake Butt, Big Ten Network, joins us next.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the sports betting network.
4: Okay, we welcome you back, Sharp Money. Our next guest, we share one commonality that's an agent. Other than that, his life has been way better than mine. That is Jake Butt, way more talented as well. Big Ten Network analyst, of course, former great Michigan tight end. And as Amal pointed out when we were talking to Jake before he joined us, this guy is going to be a freaking superstar. So charismatic, so good on camera. As we say hi to Jake, we're going to talk the Big Ten. Remember, we dropped our college football betting guide, and so we're talking non. Stop college football, slash subscribe. Jake, first off, thank you so much for joining. We appreciate you. And secondly, I just went back home to visit family. Uh, you were there. I've never seen a fan base gassed up for this year's Michigan team. This is insane right now.
3: Oh, yeah, guys. First off, it's great to be on here with you and great to connect, but rightfully so. Rightfully so. And it's even more so when you think that this is the expectation. You know, I know when I was recruited and committed to Michigan, that's the expectation in Ann Arbor, but it just hasn't lived up to expectations. So finally, after, you know, a decade plus, two decades pluses of waiting for it, now they can rightfully puff their chests out a little bit. Saw the guys at Big Ten media days. There was a lot of smiles and a good energy around the Michigan program. So uh, it, was, it, took a, it was a long road to get there, but certainly these guys are wearing their heart on their sleeve now with a little more pride.
6: Jake, I said that Michigan is the best poised team to win the national championship this year because they get the Buckeyes at home in that crucial game. Make a case for why this team should win the national title this year.
3: Well, you know, I I get what you're saying, right? they, They are up there in my preseason number one as well. The other piece is, like, well, you look at the other teams, and, and Ohio State is a pick. I, I say, Ohio State, who's your quarterback going to be? Even more so than that, who's your offensive tackle going to be? They're, they lost three offensive linemen to the draft. There's questions there. You know, Penn State is another team, even in the Big Ten East, that says, you know, hey, who's, who's your receivers going to be? How, how good, how quickly can these young pieces step up for you? And then Georgia, another a fan favorite, even Alabama's. Who's going to be the next quarterback, right? So there's question marks across the board. Whereas Michigan, we were talking in the spring, the biggest question mark is who's your cornerback three, right? They're returning so many guys with experience, and for them, they have a guy in JJ McCarthy who, it's not just it's a he's the starter. Now you're talking about, hey, can he have a Heisman type season? It'll depend on the play calling, but this team certainly is ready to make a run. And I think, in a sense, maybe the TCU loss might motivate them a little bit more.
4: Michigan, of course, Big Ten as far as the conference. Essentially co-betting favorites with Amal Shaw's Ohio State Buckeyes. Ohio State plus 165 over at DraftKings. Michigan plus 170. want to ask you about Harbaugh's approach. And also J.J. McCarthy, there's, there's no doubt who the guy is now. Do you think that pressure gets to him, or do you think he thrives in that situation?
3: Well, no, I, I, you have to know a character. You have to know character to understand how someone's going to handle pressure. And I don't know how closely you follow the team or J.J., but I've gotten to know him over a couple years. And uh, that, that dude is built for this. I don't think he feels any type of pressure. He, he rises to the occasion. There's no limits that, uh, that are self-imposed. You, there's no, no throw J.J. can't make. There's no play he can't make with his legs. He's got that special it factor. The only limit I see would be the fact that Michigan and Coach Harbaugh, and, and I've experienced this as well, Michigan can run the ball 40 times a game and sleepwalk to eight or nine victories this year. The challenge is, is to not get too comfortable with that, even though you're going to beat those out-of-conference teams pretty handily, still try to open up that playbook. Let J.J. get in the gun and air it out like you did in the second half of the TCU game, like you did at times against Ohio State. Build that equity early, build, let, basically communicating to J.J., hey, listen, man, we trust you. We know We want you to believe in yourself to go take care of the football and make these plays. We know with that offensive line and that running back room that they're going to be successful. But early in the season for J.J. as an individual and for the offense as a whole – they're going to need to open up the playbook a little bit and start to try to threaten defenses vertically with the passing game to see where that lies and and where they can really uh, find a passing identity.
6: Jake, I want to ask you quickly about the receivers. Do you like Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, or is it going to be Colston Loveland who's the guy that really is going to be J.J.'s primary target in so many situations?
3: Oh, I I like those guys. I think they're good. They've proven to be good. The question is, is, again, can they be great? Can they be occasionally great? Can they be consistently great? I mean, we've seen at times Cornelius make some excellent plays, and you're like, wow, all right, this, guy, this guy's got a chance to be a top-tier receiver in the Big Ten Conference. Roman Wilson, blazing fast. He's made some plays. Now he's dealt with some injuries here and there throughout the past two seasons, so he's got the potential, too. Where's their ceiling? I think Colston, you look at what he did as a tight end, particularly against Ohio State and Purdue, He had seven or eight targets against TCU as well, That dude's a true freshman. So now we can say, hey, if you're good as a true freshman or even occasionally great as a true freshman, then the ceiling goes a little bit higher than the other two guys. I think Colson has a chance to be the primary target this year. I've said this. I think he has a chance to be the best tight end to ever come through Michigan. The only thing that would prevent him from doing that is I think he's so good that he has a chance to leave after his junior year.
4: The way Jake Butt is talking about Michigan is how all 50 of my friends and family talked about Michigan when I went home. It's unbelievable. Them and the Lions this year. If the Lions and Michigan don't win this year, the state of Michigan is just going to fall off the map. Jake Butt joining us, Big Ten Network. You mentioned Penn State at the onset. Do they have the talent of Ohio State and Michigan this year?
3: Yeah, they they absolutely do. Again, I would start and say I think Michigan has the least amount of question marks across the board. But Ohio State and Penn State have both recruited well. Where It's not like there's a huge talent gap between any of those three teams. Similar to Ohio State, though, it's just about the question marks here and there. Ohio State has question marks of who's going to be their starting quarterback. I think either guy will be all right. But they have question marks across the offensive line, and I think that's a concern. What does Ohio State have? Two of the best receivers in all college football and great running backs. On the flip side, Penn State is also introducing a new quarterback. I don't know how good their receivers will be. Definitely not as good as Ohio State's. But for the first...
4: Dagger. That's a dagger. We, I think we're going to get Jake Butt back here. Okay, we're just going to check in on the cell. Sharp Money, Vincin, the Sports Betting Network. We're well, talking, of course, Amal Shaw, Patrick Maher. We're talking to Jake Butt about the Big Ten, and I believe we have them back. Jake, go ahead and just pick up. You were talking about Penn State.
3: Yeah, just just if you if you look at those three teams, both Ohio State and Penn State are introducing new quarterbacks. The difference is what's around the quarterback. Ohio State has great skill positions and question marks on their offensive line. Penn State. They have question marks at their receiver position. I don't know who's going to step up. But for the first time in a long time, they have a solid offensive line. And I think when you're introducing a new quarterback, that matters even more. You want your new quarterback to feel comfortable in the pocket and establish a run game. And in that sense, I think Penn State has the advantage over Ohio State.
6: Jake, when you look at Ohio State, I think the one thing that's not getting talked about enough is their defense. Jim Knowles' second year, I think this team takes a step forward. Tommy Eikenberg has a chance to be an All-American, JT Tumalau, maybe Jake Sawyer shows up. Tell me how you look at this Buckeyes' defense, because I think they have a chance to be elite.
3: I do too, and, and frankly, they were elite last year outside of a few instances, a few quarters, yeah. and, and that's the challenge here for, for Jim Knowles. Because it's a double-edged sword. We know he's aggressive. We know he's going to load the box. He's going to bring exotic blitzes. But as we saw against Michigan, as we saw in the Georgia game, that leaves you vulnerable at times. And sometimes it might be better to just play a little bit conservative. I also think going into last year, I heard about Jim Knowles' defense and how complex it was. And each year when he was at Oklahoma State, the defense got a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better. And what that signifies to me is, it's a complex playbook, and it takes time for these guys to understand all the calls and the adjustments and the intricacies, especially in an aggressive defense when you're vulnerable. So just with that in mind, year two of learning these, the same play calls and the same terminology, I'd expect this defense just to take a step forward, if nothing else, from the familiarity. But you, you mentioned the individuals as well. Of course, Ohio State's recruited as well as anyone. They have talent all over their defense, uh, all over their entire roster. So, yeah, they, they certainly can take a step forward this year. I expect them to. Jake,
4: we just have a minute left, but I just wanted to ask you, I know it must really hurt your feelings. That team in East Lansing, a bit of a rebuild. I know you're sad about it with Sparty. You want to give a few thoughts on a team that's win total set at five and a half?
3: <laughs> no, no, I, 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 won't, I won't do any cheap shots. Listen, I, I enjoyed when I played against, Michigan State, that, that game was always like a bar fight, man. You knew what you were going to get into. Um, and, and frankly, sometimes when I'm honest about Michigan State, Michigan State fans are like, this guy's biased. He's out to get us. I'm like, listen, man, you guys have question marks all over the team. You know, Mel Tucker said he thought that this was the best roster he's, he had. I will <laughs> respectfully disagree with that. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't know how good your running back room's going to be. Kenneth Walker isn't walking in the door. You lost Keon Coleman. And when when Michigan State was good, they had a physical defense. I haven't seen that on tape or given me. I haven't seen enough to expect that this year. So, question marks in East Lansing for sure.
4: Look forward to watching you all season, Big Ten Network. Jake Butt. You can find him on Twitter at jbooty88. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate you, buddy.
3: Thanks, fellas. Anytime. Thank you. Okay.
4: Actually, I have some questions for you, Amal Shaw, coming back about the Big Ten and a sleeper. That's next.
2: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes!
2: Wait! Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.
3: This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSN, the sports betting network.
4: Big guy, on. Let's carry that steep win total hedge conversation from the break after this read. And then I want to get into the Big Ten and potentially maybe a little bit of a sleeper. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. One just showed up in my inbox now from Bill AD. You'll also get unlimited access to our slash picks page. Those are sortable, matchup, event date, and more. Who's hot? You can see right there. Check out the top experts, as I mentioned, for VEASAN Pro Picks, betting splits, power ratings, plus 24-7 video access. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today. This is the final week to sign up for our lowest price of the summer. Sign up today for $19 for your first month over at vcen.com. Slash subscribe. I mean, if you think about what you're going to bet during a football season, which is just a gauntlet that starts... 20 plus days through February. If you think about what you're going to bet during a football season, I mean, the investment you're going to make over at visa.com slash subscribe is really pennies and you get the guide, something that can help you. We give you the picks. Now, if you just get the college football betting guide, it it's, Edification, as far as what you're going to learn from it, will be plenty for you. Then just to take that information and make your own bets. But if you're not, if you're busy a weekend with the family, we're going to send you the picks. So make sure you check it out. It's veasan.com/slash/subscribe. Big guy, why don't you go ahead and take it from here? You were talking about that 11 and a half on Georgia.
7: Yeah, you know, we're all pretty much in agreement here on the Georgia schedule. The totals crazy, 11 and a half. Now at DraftKings, it is plus 115 on the over, which makes it a little interesting here. But my thought was, when I look at it, it comes down to Tennessee. We all agree it comes down to Tennessee whether they're going to go over the total. Well, they're going to be the favorite at Tennessee. And this is where Amal comes in because he's better at numbers and math than I am. I literally took the same math class four times at Valdosta State, and I got a D. And the only reason the guy gave me a D is because I promised he could come on my radio show to talk about NASCAR.
4: (laughs) Swear to God. Always flexing. Always flexing about that show. Go ahead. I mean, like, we had seven listeners. No big deal.
7: Uh, So... Why wouldn't I literally bet no, I'm I wasn't, I wasn't joking there. It was literally seven listeners. Um, and like two of them were related to me. Over eleven and a half plus one fifteen, and then a mall on the break. We were talking, what do you think Tennessee on the money line would be second to last week of the year with Georgia visiting
6: plus two hundred? Yeah, probably two, two fifty. I think they'll probably be somewhere in a seven to ten point dog range. Now, depending on how Tennessee seasons plays out. You know, we talked earlier about potentially Joe Milton. I'm gonna tell you right now, Nico, uh, Amal, I can't even pronounce his last name. A big-time recruit. I think he might end up starting. Milton's got a great arm, but he's inconsistent. I just don't think Tennessee's got the pieces to beat Georgia. To Dustin's point, you can play the over, and I think it's a plus-money price, depending on where you look on this one, Dustin. And you take Georgia over 11.5, and and then you come back with Tennessee if you're concerned about them losing the game. And it's the best part is it's the second-to-last week of the season. And Georgia Tech is the final game of the season. And the only way Georgia Tech is winning that game is if Georgia doesn't show up for the game.
7: By the way, I'm looking at the last name you had trouble saying. I was like, oh, I'm going to help them all out and bail them out. Nope. I think it starts with it. Start with an L or an I. Uh, I can't I, tell. I. Yeah, when it starts with a double value, vo- vowel, see, I can't even say Oof. vowel. When it starts with a double Oof. vowel, I can't help you out, buddy. I,
6: listen, Did I'm going walk- to have a seizure. <laughs> I mean, it's more likely a stroke with the way things are going than a seizure. My, my, my walk-off is DJ Uyunglele. I
4: got that one nailed you down. You do well. Thank you. you do well. Uh, that's like, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Thank you. You do. well. I've, I've been impressed. I meant to tell you. I should have called you and let you know. You know, I just want to talk about one pronunciation and get the hell off the phone <laughs> before he launches into, let me tell you something. i <laughs> will <No>, just it. <playing. laughs> All right. So I'm going to, let's go big 10. So obviously I, I, it's a two-team league. Uh, well, hold on a second. James for, uh, go ahead. Don't
6: discount Wisconsin because of Braylon Allen and Tanner Mordecai. But, and but, hold on, let me, oh, I know,
4: but let me, let me set it up this okay, way. Sorry, I apologize. And then we'll, we'll circle back to Wisconsin. Cause I think you'll like what I'm about. So I got a team set at seven wins for the win total. All right. Now I'll set it up this way. The head coach is a very nice guy and he's not a good recruiter he's a great recruiter as a coach. He's a buster. His name is Mike Loxley. (laughs) Now, (laughs) <laughs> and he is, I mean seriously, Buster Rooney. I mean, can you imagine you got lie pulled at Kansas and you're hiring Mike Loxley because he's a name, came from Saban Rehabilitation OC, and because he can recruit his ass off. You put him there on the sideline. He is going to get circles. Kleiman will coach circles around Dustin's boy Loxley. I digress, supposed to be a nice guy. Buster Rooney is a coach. Tali is coming back to his brother. Mm -hmm. So is Hemby, the running back, a really good group of wide receivers. Now, the offensive line concern, just one coming, just one returning. If they continue to generate some improvement, which we saw a little bit on defense, uh, it's a team seven is it feels like the right number, but Loxley, for how much I just clubbed him has done a good job remember the issues that went on with the former Michigan assistant his name slips my mind that DJ had Dur- major DJ Durkin. good job guys he had major issues and it wasn't great loxley comes in he's a good guy he kind of settled down the program we will get to Wisconsin but i wanted to start with maryland said and again they're 80 to 1 in conference so we'll put that over here but maybe it was 2 3 years ago remember maryland got off to a great start and was it Penn state that went to college park and just absolutely put a whooping on them. I can't remember what team came to college park in the biggest game there in a long time. They've got sweet unis. They mix it up nonstop and Talia who's been up and down at this point, a very good college quarterback. Your thoughts on Maryland. Yeah. Lots to discuss real quick. DJ Durkin. Now at AM as is the
6: defensive coordinator. He might be out of a job along with Jimbo by the end of the year, I but like when you see school DJ Durkin, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you mentioned Locksley, by the way, always good for punching go. assistant coaches as well and as a staff in case things go awry like they did in New Mexico. For me, when I look at this team, Patrick, I thought you brought up a great, great season win total. You mentioned Hemby, tremendous player. They bring in uh, Caden Prather from West Virginia at the receiver position. Jay Sean Jones, a graduate student there as well. I think this team should be good offensively. But let's get into the season win total and why I think this is a really good bet to the over. I was like, seven on Maryland? I was like, wait a minute. Towson okay you got a little crosstown rivalry there in College Park Charlotte 49ers we who, hey while you're out Patrick by the way
7: Amal and I did a detailed breakdown of the Charlotte 49ers we know that program in and out Biff Poges, and head
4: coach a, and to, yeah and Towson's been a great program but they, I don't know where they're at this year
6: there I don't think they're gonna be able to beat Maryland you mentioned the 49ers Virginia with Tony Elliott is bad 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 and, yes caps okay yeah exactly. At Sparty week four, that's a very, very winnable game. Yes. Then you've got Indiana who's going to win three or four games this year. So you're looking at potentially 5-0. and o. You go to Columbus. Illinois comes to College Park. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but that's a game they can win. Then you get a bye week. You go to Northwestern. That's going to be a win. So right there, we're looking at six wins. Penn State, at Nebraska, Michigan. Let's assume you lose those three. You close out with Rutgers. They can win that football game. That's seven wins. They've got to steal one against the Illini. You've got to get the win against Michigan State. And then could you potentially beat Nebraska uh, one of those games? Patrick, I love your calling this over seven. I think their worst-case scenario, they win six games. They're in a bowl game. Best-case scenario, they win nine. I doubt it. But I think realistically, they get to eight. Great.
4: Great breakdown. Now, I know July is a slow month, but you did what about Charlotte football? (laughs) So Look, you know, I got to come up with shtick. Charlotte
7: joined the AAC this year, which nobody knows why. And at AAC media day, the head coach went up to do his press conference, and the media only asked him three questions, and he went on a rant about it. So I called them all that night, and I was like, hey, here's what we're going to do. We're going to give Charlotte's coach what they want. We're going to do a full breakdown of the Charlotte 49ers on the show tomorrow, talk about their win total, which I believe was three and a half, and broke down their roster. And I got to tell you, Patrick, it's not very
6: good, so I understand why I only had three questions (laughs) asked to him. Well, I tell you what, that three and a half is a high number on them. I didn't see four wins on the schedule.
7: They, uh, they they got they got an uphill battle. They they have a quarterback coming back who left like two years ago. They got people that were hurt. They got a million transfers from all over. And Biff Poggi, the head coach, is a former teacher and like uh, hedge, fund, hedge
4: manager. fund guy. Yeah, he's from the Maryland area, I believe. Oh yeah 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 I know yeah I know he the was story. at Michigan
7: as well. Yep,
4: yeah yep 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 know the story. I just like thinking because this is a weird show. Um, I like thinking about Ben Wilson or Jeff Parles whoever was hosting that day his head just spinning when you're going when you two uh, Millie Vanillies are riffing <laughs> back and forth like right said Fred about Charlotte <laughs> cuz it's a love the reason I'm bringing up those, my shirt. it's a love affair lately with the two of them so I'm well, trying because to because
6: we both we both relate on college football.
7: Well so we we found out a couple things while you were away. One of them was that As different as we view baseball, we think a lot the same when it comes to football.
6: Well, so far, our track record's not good. We're taking the Jets and the under. (laughs) Wait, No, but we're on the same page. We just lose together.
4: I can't remember you two ever disagreeing on baseball. Oh, the most awkward conversation about julio urias in the history of television that's right you do disagree on a few things about baseball and i listen i'm just innocent in the middle of you two i'm just trying to get by day by day that's all now i interrupted you amal when we return a new era is underway in madison your boy luke fickle yep luke fickle you remember when he took over at ohio state it's like the least sexy thing ever and then he went to cincinnati and was that dude So we'll come back and discuss Wisconsin football next. Here's Sharp Money on a Friday.
2: Hey, guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh?
0: A Redwood Forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait!
2: Did we just invent California?
0: Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Thank you for traveling with Amex
2: Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.